Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is something exceptionally clarifying about a pointed and clear question. A really good question can, can be like smelling salts for your soul. can really just wake you up. You think about it. Just think of a few examples from, from pop culture, from history. You know, a question like, where's the beef? really gets to the heart of the matter, right? Or, you know, we're in election season. There was one would-be president, see if you remember this one, from a number of years back, who asked in his campaign, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Anybody remember who that was? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan asked that. Or you think from the movies, you know, one of my favorite movies. Dad, you want to have a catch? Anybody? Rick? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Or another one? Let me ask you, you feel lucky? Do you? Punk? Clint Eastwood. What a stud. Or maybe the most pointed, clarifying question of all, not from history or from pop culture, but one that many of us ask at some point in our lives. Will you marry me? Now there's a question that will wake you up. Questions have a way of doing that, those clear, pointed questions. And we get one such question in our reading today. The prophet Isaiah asked it in our Old Testament reading today. And the question was this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Now it's a simple question, see. But Isaiah is getting at a profound point. Why do you and I chase after so many things that we know we cannot purchase with money? And he says things that are not bread. And understand when he's saying bread there, he's not just talking about sourdough. He's talking about what truly fills us up. What we deeply need, not just for our guts, but for our souls. Why do you and I so persist in seeking after, in spending our money on things that are not bread. It's a question I want to ponder tonight because I really think that it has such profound meaning and implications for our lives. And I want to think of some different answers that we might offer, answers that we might give before we finally arrive at, to my mind, is the, the deepest, most elemental answer to that question. Why do you and I spend our money, spend our lives seeking after that which does not truly satisfy? Well, the first answer that might be given, the simplest answer is just to say stupidity. Stupidity is why we do it. You know that cliche, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting to get what? Different results. We're all insane by that measure, aren't we? We all are. Stupidity, insanity is why we keep thinking that maybe this time, this thing is going to fill me up inside. Maybe this is the thing that after I get it, I'm not going to need anything else. A 
Hello, McFly. Now's the time where Pastor gives his own story of stupidity. This is a recent one. It's still kind of fresh for me, but I'm going to you know, do some self-therapy with you guys here tonight. So I needed a new truck. Or a used truck, honestly. I want to get a truck. And like you do when you're looking for a car, I found myself looking up at truck websites all the time. You know, I'm going on Facebook, Craigslist, seeing, you know, up, updating it like six times a day. Let's see if there's anything new. Still nothing new. And I found myself, you know, dreaming about trucks, finding the perfect one. And finally, finally, I think I found one. It was down by my folks' house and it happened we were going down there anyway to, to drop the kids off. I thought, oh, this is it. This big blue four by four. It was just what I was looking for. You know, it looked like on the body of it, it had like no rust and everything about it just seemed too good to be true. Mm. So I find myself driving back. Some of you guys know partially how this story ends because you were here a few weeks ago. I find myself driving back on Saturday with my wonderful new truck. And while I'm driving on Highway 10 over by Midland, suddenly it starts vibrating. And then it starts vibrating like uncontrollably. And I realize I have to pull over because it just won't go anywhere. And I get out, I check the engine, it looks fine. I check the tires, they look okay. Well, it turns out I go, I managed to just 20 miles per hour, get to the bell tire. And it turned out that one of the tires hadn't blown out yet, but it was basically detaching from the, uh, from the wheelbase itself. I'm not a car guy per se. It was bad. It was bad. But it wasn't as bad as it could be. And I thought, okay, whew, gosh, that was, that was close. Fortunately, if you were here, Pastor Geiger was able to fill in and it all worked out. But then I take it up to Sarah, the Toyota dealership in, in Traverse City, because uh, I could tell from its age it was going to need a new timing belt, get an oil change or whatever. They put it up on the hoist, and I get the call you don't want to get. He's like, so <clears throat> did you know when you bought it that it had holes in the frame? I said, you know, part of me was like, what? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, of course I did, but I did not. And basically, he told me he's like, "Look, I'm going to shoot straight with you. You shouldn't be driving this truck. It's dangerous." He's like, "I know it looks pretty, but underneath, it is rotted out." I'll preach on that another day. But my point in this moment was, right then, I just thought, "Oh, Ryan, how stupid it was." The thing getting this perfect truck was going to be the thing that you were looking for. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? The happy ending to that story, real quickly, is I was able to return it to the guy I bought it from. He took it back, and hopefully I've learned a lesson from this a little bit. But it convicted me. It convicts me still. How, how dumb. And I think this is the first answer that we have to give to this question, why do we spend our money for that which is not bread? There's part of us, folks, that just doesn't get it. We're so thick-headed. We think this is going to be the truck that does it, right? This is going to be the thing. But we know it won't. We know it won't. But there's more that could be said. Because it's not simply foolishness that is our problem. It's not just mere stupidity. That's always right there with us. We've always got that insanity. But the scripture shows us that it goes deeper than that. We're not just the, the, uh, what, the scarecrow that doesn't have the mind. 
We are also, no, yeah, we're also the tin man that lacks the heart. It's not just a, a brain thing. It's a heart thing. It's a sin thing. This is the second answer to this question. Why do we spend our money for that which is not bread? Because of sinfulness. Sin. Greed. My favorite band, a band called the Avid Brothers, they have this song called Ill With Want. I'll serenade you here just a little bit. Those, I am sick with wanting, and it's evil how it's got me, and every day is worse than the one before. The more I have, the more I think I'm almost where I need to be. If only I had just a little more. See, they put their finger on it. Something evil has me. It's not just that foolishness, it is that, but it's that sinfulness, friends. In fact, the Greek word for greed that the scripture uses is the word pleonexia, pleonexia, which literally means have more, have more. That we have this evil infection within us of greed, that we think, okay, now I just need a little bit more. And what that betrays is a discontent with the God who is the giver of every good and perfect gift. In fact, it's an insult to God, the one who provides for you and me, to think that if only I had something more, to continue to spend our money for that which is not bread, refusing or failing to recognize that he is the giver and the source of every good and perfect gift. We need to realize that it's not just stupidity, but to confess, to own up to the fact, Lord, I am in the, the grip of sin with this. This discontent, this greed is not what you would have for me. So when you find yourself in that place, like me, checking Craigslist six times a day, don't just give yourselves a rap on the head, but give yourself a check of the heart. Say, Lord, have mercy, forgive me. Help me to, to be in the right place. To give thanks with a grateful heart. To recognize that you, Lord, that everything comes from you. But again, even when we speak of this, of the sinfulness, this gets closer to the root, I think. But it still doesn't quite get to the deepest root of why you and I continue to spend our money for that which is not bread. To get to what I think is the deepest answer to that question, beyond even stupidity and sinfulness. I go back to my freshman year of college at Michigan State. And we had our, like, I think it was microeconomics, macro, it was an economics class, okay? It was one of these big ones in the, in the great big auditorium. And I'll never forget Charles Ballard, Chuck Ballard, teaching our economics class. And to do it, he had everybody do what I'm going to have you do now. He wanted to teach kind of the, the essence, the fundamental principle of economics. And so here's what he did. On this side, I want you to repeat after me. I can't get no... Satisfaction. You knew where I was going with that. <laughs> Already gave you Avid Brothers, now we'll give you, what, Rolling Stones, right? I can't get no satisfaction. This is the, the underlying principle of economics, he said. That people, we can never get any satisfaction. And here, I want to argue for you and me, 
that this is truly the deepest root of why we continue to spend our money for that which is not bread. It's because of a dissatisfaction. But it's a dissatisfaction that God has implanted in your heart and mind. Because in this life, in this world, apart from him, we can never be satisfied, see? We can never be satisfied. St. Augustine said, in words that I often quote, he said, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You and I have restless hearts. We lack that satisfaction in this world, and well, we should. But we mistake the things of this world as being able to satisfy us. Why do we spend our money for that which is not bread? Why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? It's because we are looking everywhere for that God who's going to fill our hearts. In fact, author G.K. Chesterton went even further than that. He said in some pretty crude words, but he said, Every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. We are all seeking that deeper satisfaction. But that brings me then to our gospel reading and that most famous of miracles of our Lord Jesus. The people come and they are hungry. They just want bread, physical bread. But there's a detail about the story that Matthew shows us. There's more going on here. See, so Jesus provides out of those five loaves and two fish. He feeds the crowds, the 5,000. Notice it was only 5,000 men. It doesn't even count the, the women and children. It was probably closer to twelve or 15,000 people. But all that besides, Jesus can do it no problem. But you notice, you notice, it wasn't just a matter of them getting some crumbs, right? Everybody got a little tail of a fish and just a little taste of the bread. But it says every single person there ate... And they were what? Satisfied. They were satisfied. See, this is where Matthew, the gospel writer, is kind of winking at us here. Because it's not just that Jesus was filling their belly, although he does that. But it's even more than that. It's that Jesus, the bread of life, is the one who comes to satisfy our souls. He and he alone is the one who is able to quiet our restless hearts. He and he alone is that bread which does truly satisfy. Mick Jagger was wrong, see. You can get satisfaction because you have a Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave up his perfect life for you and for me in order to make satisfaction for your sins, see. Christ Jesus, through his perfect death and his resurrection, has satisfied the wrath of the Father, and in your place and mine has forgiven you all your sins, and now he has taken his seat at the right hand of God. You have that satisfaction with God, so that now all of our foolishness, all of our sinful greed, all of that has been forgiven before the judgment seat of God. And then further still, you have Christ Jesus, and that relationship with him, that faith in him, that's the satisfaction that you and I are looking for, that no truck or boat or anything else is going to fill. But we are foolish, sinful people. And so our Lord Jesus has given us this gift. The bread of life continues to set the table, as he did for that 5,000 plus in the wilderness, with his very body and blood. He nourishes and feeds you and me so that our souls 
might be satisfied in him. As Psalm 63 says, my soul shall be satisfied as with fat and rich food. So come to this table today. Come to this table knowing that you have a restless heart. That you have a soul that will not be satisfied this side of heaven. But come seeking the true satisfaction that is found only in Christ Jesus. The bread of life for you. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.